from the land of the free and the home of this the Chiefs. This is Locked On Chiefs. Yes. Welcome back, it's everyone. Locked On Chiefs the podcast. day after show following Super Bowl 55. A lot to go over. Not necessarily the happiest show, but there are rays of sunshine. We're going to try to find them in and amongst the rest of the clouds. I'm Ryan Tracy, you're the founder over at Rogue Analytics, as well as your host at RGR Football. There are rays of sunshine you found? Somewhere. I'm Chris Clark. Thank you all for listening, and we really do appreciate you listening this season. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and like I said last night, this game is this game definitely didn't end the way we wanted it to, uh, but this team is going to be here for a very long time. Uh, but man, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to this game. There definitely is, and there's a couple of notes we're going to get out of the way uh, right off the top as well. It is expected that they have to work out a new contract with Eric Bieniemy. Uh, it sounds like that is pretty much all systems go, and they expect to have that in place so that he'll return as the OC. What's funny about that to me is that they didn't do an extension because they expected he'd get a head coaching job. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. And, you know, well, no, the, I actually read that that's the whole reason they didn't do it is somebody said that, you know, they found out that the whole reason they didn't extend B enemy is they expected he'd be a head coach. So I get it. It wasn't a situation where they don't want him back. It's a situation of, sorry, we didn't ever think you'd be, have a chance to be back. So, yeah, I mean, that really throws the whole head coaching process across the league in just such, such a question mark, even when the team that, you know, if they knew this situation was going to happen, you know, they wanted him back. They would have done that if there was any reasonable chance that that should be what the way that it goes. Yeah, and honestly, with him coming back next year, I think you got to feel pretty good. Uh, another little bit of coaching news. They're going to have to find a new running backs coach. Yeah. Um, Spencer Ware, where are you? <laughs> I wouldn't mind bringing back a former back myself. Kimball Anders, what are you doing these days? Um West. It's no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, his cousin just played a game. It's kind of fun. Um, yeah, Adela McCullough, congratulations. Looks like he is going uh, back to Indiana, where he has coached in the past. Uh, before one year, I think it was at, at SC, before he joined the Chiefs staff. Uh, but he's going back to Indiana as the running backs uh, coach, as well as, and this is the important part, and more power to him, associate head coach position. I think that's great for him. This is what I think young coaches have to do when you're on a Super Bowl team as a, as a position coach, one that honestly doesn't get the respect that it deserves, especially in the, in the modern NFL. So to take that and jump to an associate head coach title, I think that's a big step for him. Yeah, it's a good step for him. I think that he'll be, do very well there, and I think that what you're going to be looking at, uh, you know, obviously you have to find a new running back coach. I think there's going to be another uh, co-treating position or two that they're going to have to fill, but we can talk about that later. Uh, definitely, you know, going to miss him, going to miss having him here, and I'm sure that Clyde really appreciated what he had uh, with McCullough, and I'm sure Damian Williams did too, but that's going to be another conversation we're going to have to have a little bit later on, probably next week, as to what is going to happen at that running back position. Yeah, there's a lot of ins and outs. We talked about it. I don't know if we outlined exactly who it is, but obviously Clyde is Clyde. Um, and we have to talk about what he was able to do as well. One of the few bright spots. He is one of the rays there, Chris. Um, <laughs> that said, uh, I do think that Daryl comes back. And so you get that LSU, LSU kind of thing. And maybe that leads towards trying to find somebody who may have worked with them at LSU. And you go to the next branch down the tree in something that's familiar. 
No, and I definitely think that's a possibility. I will say, if you guys like the salary cap and considering the season's over, go check out Jason OTC. He did a fantastic job giving you a list of all the different players for the Chiefs that if they were released, how much cap space they would open up. So uh, we will be getting into that probably next week because it's definitely going to be something that they're going to have to look at. Yeah, that's it's going to be interesting. And there are plenty of people that are going to be on this. Um, the wrangling, I hope that the 181 number that we are hearing right now does end up coming. Uh, that would be, I think, a little bit of an added relief. Um, that's definitely enough for a running back. It's enough for probably a safety. Um, there are a number of options out there. We will get hot and heavy into free agency here coming up next week. But we have to dissect what happened. We have to know where they're at in order to know how to move forward. And yes, this was a disappointing loss in Super Bowl 55, but there are some things you have to get the takeaways straight on so you know how to proceed and build back for Super Bowl 56. And I do think that is definitely in their plans. So we'll start that process coming up next. It's a really exciting time to be an NFL fan, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today and get a free account on betonline.ag. And use promo code LOCKDOWN for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Go check out Bet Online AG. We're covering everything you need to know about the Chiefs, but what about the rest of the league? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by Peter Bukowski, and it's all about sports, all you need, all the news, every morning, and it's under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So when you take a step back, and we have now finished the season, everybody's had their exit interviews, what stands out to you the most? To finish your point about getting on to this next part of the season, I, I have to say Patrick Mahomes talking to the media today said something that does stick out to me, and I think this is really key. He said that this game is going to drive this team going forward, and I fully believe that he meant that, and I wouldn't expect anything less. But he also said that this game is not only going to drive him this next year, but it's going to drive him for the rest of his career. Honestly, if you're an NFL defensive coordinator – uh, yeah, the Buccaneers showed you what they can do or showed you a little bit how to slow down Mahomes, but I don't think you're going to be finding Kansas City missing four starting offensive linemen very often. No, it's it's definitely something. We're going to talk, I think, about how that's going to affect it today. But you're you're right. All credit to Todd Bowles for doing what he did because he took the concept of playing not only deep coverages, but getting home with four, and he put it all together. It was the perfect game plan and perfect execution against a depleted offensive line that allowed the front to do what it did. It also was a credit to him. They played more cover four than I expected them to. I expected the two-man stuff. I expected some six, which I haven't seen the all-22 yet, but I didn't I didn't hear about much of that from those who have. But the cover four thing, I think, is not... It's a coverage that I said earlier in the season I expected to see, and not many teams went with it. He took. Uh, his his departure from his norm of playing single high, playing aggressive man, uh, he took it to to the max, and he does deserve the credit for that win more probably than any other aspect. I think. No, and I have to agree with you. I think that that was a great coaching coaching decision on their parts, and and honestly, I think you know you start looking at this game and 
Man, I really hate starting here, but it, Kansas City was out to coach on both sides of the ball. And, you know, you start looking at offensive and defensively, that's really what it comes down to. You want to talk about pressures? Uh, Alex Okafor was the only chief to get multiple pressures in that game last night. Only chief. One well, guy. They had somebody. They only had four pressures. Yeah. And Tampa Bay had 10 guys that had multiple pressures. Yeah, that's that's really the name of the game and I'll t- I'll take it on the face for this one. I overestimated what this offensive line could do. I underestimated the effect of not having Eric Fisher would be. Now I will say this, shout out Shaq Barrett because he did exactly what we thought he would. I think we both felt the same way. He blew JPP off the field in terms of his performance. That speed that he has was the advantage, particularly against Wyland. I think that's what gave him the trouble. Yeah, and I can't argue with that. What I will say, though, is I don't know that I underestimated the loss of Fisher. I think what I really looked at is I was expecting Kansas City to adjust to what they expected to happen, and they never adjusted. I, You know, there's a stat going around saying that Kansas City only had five-man protection or had five-man protection 95% of the time. Mm-hmm. 92% 92%. of the time, somewhere in that. The, yeah. Between 95 and 92, who cares? That extra 3% doesn't really matter. Point is, if they went five-man protection the entire time, then you did your offensive line wrong to begin with. And that is the one thing that Andy Reid has never done in his time in Kansas City in putting his players in that horrible of a position. So, to me, that would be a coaching mistake. That would be a offensive coaching mistake and you know I, I think that that obviously that really cost them uh and you know you wish that they would have gone with more uh six-man protections i mean even in, in a situation bringing an extra offensive lineman and consider going that direction um who cares about taking a guy out of uh the route if you can at least give pat a clear lane to throw well i, I agree with you in a number of ways First, Dion Yelder and Nick Kaiser would have been the natural thing to add, right? Now, we both know they're not serious blockers, but they got 14 snaps on the whole. Two, between the two of them, eight and six, that's not enough to give it an actual go of trying to up your protection. I agree with you. I would have gone with the bigger Sherman, too. Right. Sherman got three snaps. I mean, if you want a surefire way to help protect Patrick and help your offensive line out, at least put him at the H. I'm not saying you got to run out of the eye or anything like that, but Sherm is a protector by nature. He'll tell you that himself. I, I thought that was a lost opportunity to try to correct some of the things. And people will tell you, hey, it wasn't in the game plan. They, they didn't have those plays, those formations in the plan. That's probably absolutely true. But when you're going and you're getting handled like that, you have to at some point say, these guys are professionals. We had some of this stuff in three, four, eight weeks ago. We should be able to go back to the well and give it a shot for a play or two. You know, when nothing else is working, why not take the chance? Yeah, and I agree with you. And I think, you know, it's been pointed out by a couple of different people that, you know, the Chiefs did try to run some screens last night and they just weren't successful. Uh, Mahomes had people in his lap before even able to get the ball out on a screen. I mean, that's ridiculous in and of itself, but that's what was happening last night. You know, I, 
it's really hard to look at how bad the Chiefs played last night and even imagine that they deserve to be in the Super Bowl with how bad they played, to be completely honest. I mean, yeah, it, it was it was a little bit. It was clearly frustrating from a fan standpoint. It was confusing for me because I felt like this is the last four quarters of your season. Pull out all the stops, even if it is experimental and maybe you didn't have it in the game plan that week, that particular play, whether it's the protections, whether it's another lineman. I love the idea of another lineman because I think that it allows you to do something different. If all of your pass, your West Coast pass that you are trying to do just isn't working, why not go the exact opposite direction and come in and at least try to pound the rock a little bit more? Because the best running back on the field last night was Clyde Edwards-Alaire. 7.1 yards a carry. Even with an offensive line, as we know, that was depleted and was trying to piece it together, was trying to play out of position. Patrick said a couple of times that they just weren't on the same page, despite a couple of weeks to get it together. Andy said, hey, I could have done a better job running the ball more. Andy said that, not me. I'm just agreeing with him. I I think that's key. And for some reason, you get into that play and you're on a roll. I I just think that was something that they should have gone to the well on. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of things they should have gone to the well on. And the thing I think that disappointed me the most was Andy Reid has been so good coming out of buys. I think we just took it for granted that he was going to be good coming out of this buy. And I thought that he was going to be innovative. And we saw nothing that was innovative last night. or Sorry, Sunday night in the Super Bowl. I mean, the Chiefs offense looked stagnant most of the night. I didn't see anything that looked new, which is not what you expect from Reed coming into a game like that. And I understand that maybe they got down to a point where they couldn't run some of the stuff they wanted to do, but they didn't even really try some of the stuff that you've already seen this season. You, you know, you saw the Rose Bowl right uh, play in a specific situation. Uh, I'm sure they had multiple different variations. It's just a change of pace. You could have run something like that. It just wasn't the normal type of game plan for Andy Reid, and that really stuck out to me. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I kept feeling like there was going to be a pop pass coming or um, another jet kind of action that maybe wasn't the normal. I was waiting for a wrinkle for that, and I don't know if those are. Um, in this game plan, if those were set aside for the red zone, which they didn't get that many reps in, or if they just didn't feel that the speed of the of the attack of the Bucks front was going to thwart that no matter what, because and they didn't want to lose the yardage or take a chance at that. Well, that's possible. And I will say, when Mahomes got hit early on, and I can't remember if it was the first drive or the second drive, there was a specific play where they just completely left Barrett unblocked. Mm-hmm. And I get the play design. I get why they were doing what they did, but it wasn't a good look. Uh, it was, I think it was a screen left and Barrett was coming from the right and the ball was supposed to be out immediately and Mahomes couldn't get it out because it was covered. And in those types of situations, your quarterback's going to get hit and it's not going to be good, but you have to realize that's the way it's designed and they're doing it that way, trying to get an advantage on the other side of the field. You're absolutely right. And at the, at the end of the day, I mean, that's the name of the game is not getting him hit. It's not just that by PFF's count to be. I have to argue on the on that though. To be fair, if you're Mahomes, you can't hold on to the ball. I, I think that he tries to do too much a little bit of the time, and on on plays like that, you have to take the loss and just say, okay, it's not going to work, and clock it, so you don't get hit. That's fair, but at the same time, 
don't put him in that position because it's the hits that I think add up. It's not that he was sacked over and over, four sacks on the night, but it was an additional five hits. So he got taken to the ground nine times. That's yeah, just but he ran much. He ran 500, almost for 500, we'll call it 500 yards before throwing the ball. He ran around the field 500 yards. They measured it with next-gen stats. Yep. 500 yards trying to throw the ball last night. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't do that. Especially, and with a hurt foot. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he did everything he can. We're, we're going to get long into this, so we're going to take this break, and we'll keep going about why and how and what maybe they could have done. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers. Uh, RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com is for everybody, and it doesn't require membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers for online for over 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know what we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to Lock On Bets, your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're going over everything you need to know. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Now, I know we get long-winded when we get into that. You're absolutely right. All the running was by necessity. I can't blame Patrick for anything, even setting himself up to take some of those hits. Those hits. PFF has it at 44 pressures. That's ridiculous. It doesn't shock me. And my whole point on, on that screen pass was I don't mind that type of play design because on offense, you have to take some chances, and that should be a relatively small chance to get your QB hit on a screen that's going the other direction. My whole point was he has to learn that he needs to just clock the ball and not try to be Superman. Because if he goes and tries to be Superman, then he's going to get hit. Some of those plays, you just can't do that. And on that specific play, I'd rather him clock the ball than get hit. Uh, I agree with you. Save yourself the physical confrontation. I'm, I'm absolutely with you. The collisions add up no matter where they come. Right. And if you think about it, if, if they're going to the other side of the field, Barrett's not ever going to be in the play. So it absolutely makes sense to not block him and have, you know, have your tackle going at the interior guy. I get it. So, you know, it's tough. And, you know, you start talking about offensive line. Man, there's a lot to talk about there. I think they pieced it together as best they could. I think, like I said earlier, I overestimated what Wiley could do out there because I think he was facing the the small sample size we had against New Orleans. And Cam is a great defensive end, but he's not the outside linebacker that Chet Barrett is. He's Shaq comes from playing with Vaughn playing more of an outside linebacker role. A pass rusher is a pass rusher at that point when you're on the edge, but it is a smaller body, a quicker body. you got to have your feet right. You can't let that get to you, and I think that's what ended up happening most of the time. And I don't disagree with that. I think my problem with it is is the offense didn't change what they were doing. Like, if you're expecting to have that kind of pressure from your tackle, 
I mean, you can say that you expect that Wiley's going to be able to do an okay job. Great. If Mahomes isn't doing routes that he's going to be able to get the ball out, like, you know, half a second or two seconds, why are you even running those routes? I mean, you got to get it to where Barrett's at least, you know, back on his heels for half a second before he's rushing right after the passer. They, they never changed anything up. Once Wiley was getting beat, they never changed anything. And that's what really got Mahomes killed in that game. I, I, I get with you. Like there was that one play uh, on a slant to Tyreek that worked. There were some of the, the quicker drags they could have run. I agree with you. They should have shortened everything up. I was waiting for that. Most of the, of the second quarter, I was waiting for them to just say, we're going to do what we did when the Bills did this or when anybody's done this and take what's underneath and maximize it. Because while Levante David faked me out and he was actually in better shape than I thought he was, you get those slants with Tyreek or McColl, who was out of sync from the get-go. But if you were able to hit some of those, you're moving the ball, like you said, you're getting the ball out again. With tempo is my word. It's the thing that I come back to for everything with this game. Yep. I will say this. Take what you want from this game. Say that people have figured out how to stop Mahomes. <laughs> I guarantee you he'll have it figured out for next season. Well, he's already had it figured out. He's seen it. He's beaten the Bills with it. He's beaten Tampa the first time with it. It was a combination of the fact that they're playing those deep coverages and they just weren't able to protect. Now, credit to Vita Vea for, for upping their front as well. But this is the best game I've seen from Shaq Barrett ever. You tell me if I'm wrong. No, I can't tell you you're wrong. I mean, he played you know his best game on the biggest stage and I believe he's a free agent, so it makes a lot of sense as to why you would want to do that. <laughs> yeah, that comes in handy, right? Contract years, yeah, right? Yeah. Which is uh, honestly, honestly, I think that's something else we're going to talk about a little bit next week when we get into free agency is how much is this game going to cost the Chiefs impending free agents? In terms of lost from the from the roster or dollars? Dollars. Yeah. that's Because playing this bad as a team doesn't get you a great market. And it was already going to be a tough market anyway because the salary cap is not going up horribly. So, or up at all, I guess. Yeah, it's coming back down. Yep. That that does make it tough uh, for these guys. Um, and there are a slew of them, you guys. And th- there are several guys that we're talking about here that had they been able to, to maybe put that six lineman in and help each other out um, while it bogs down what the, the normal offense is, it may have given them an option. but. You're looking at potentially losing uh, Wiley, Remmers, Wiz, Ryder, all free agents. Yep. On top of what Andy said today, he said he doesn't think that it's uh, you know uh, egregious or or I, I have to find the word. I don't have the quote here in front of me, but you have Dire. to think that, <laughs> right. You have to think that 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 includes Eric Fisher probably not playing at least the first half of the season if he's able to play yeah. at all. I was going to say, I can't imagine he plays it all next year. We have no idea about Mitch Schwartz. Uh, Andy said today on Monday that they expect to have a lot of these things with either uh, potentially returning players, potentially opted out players, including Lucas Niang and LDT. They think they're going to have it sorted out and have information this week. They have to get that. That's got to be job number one is to figure that out so that they can move forward. Like we talked about before with rebuilding this offensive line, because the good thing is you can almost start from scratch here if you have a couple of anchor points. Yeah, the problem is is you have to 
I have to be careful how I say this. I don't want to question Niang, but you have to wonder what you really have there when he opted out for the year. Uh, obviously, we know what why LDT opted out, but is he going to be able to come back? He wasn't playing great the year he played and, and they won the Super Bowl to begin with. So is that really going to be an upgrade? Uh, Kalecio Simile, is he going to be able to come back? He's a free agent, too, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, you've got what is that? Uh, pretty much your entire starting offensive line this year is a free agent. Yeah. Wiley, Osemele, both Ryder and Kilgore. Wiz is on a one year. I mean, yeah, there's, there's Rimmers. just Remmers. Yep. There's just so many of them. And while maybe that allows you the ability to pick and choose who you want to be those anchor points. And, and that's me assuming that fish a is going to come back at some point next season. I, I kind of feel like he's going to give it a go and prob- possibly be able to play part of the year. Uh, it won't be early. That's for certain. Maybe that's I think you're more optimistic than I am. I was going to say, maybe that's fiction just for me, but I, it, that, that necessitates having not only Niang, but then you have to s- figure out, do you like Durant? Do you like Rankin at that spot? I don't think either of them are left tackles that can start and be successful in this league. So you got to go out and get somebody else. Niang is a guy who plays on the right, always has, always will. He's not a left tackle. So you're talking about a draft pick. Unless you feel like 181 gives you the room to go out in free agency and spend on the one thing. Well, if you're going to go spend in free agency, that's the one position where I think you could justify going and spending. Uh, the problem is, is that Eric Fisher is still going to cost you a lot of money next year. Mm-hmm. And with as big of a piece as he's been to this team, I have a really hard time seeing them cutting him. Uh, but I don't know what they're going to do when it comes to salary wise, because, you know, when you start talking about Schwartz, if he retires or if, you know, he's back, who knows? We we don't know either direction right now. And, you know, you still got other pieces you got to get figured out, too. They have a ton of free agents and it's not just those guys. They have a free agent that's honestly two years ago wouldn't have wouldn't have really hurt me to lose, but Sorensen has been really been really clutch for him. So, you know, what are you going to do with that? that? That's the big question. Guys over 30 have a tendency to take pay cuts. So maybe that's the answer for, for both of them. And you can ask fish for a restructure possibly. Uh, maybe that helps you there knowing that he's going to be on the bench. I think we talked about that last night. There are not that many free agents to, to pick from. So it's, it's a difficult go. So it comes back to the draft for me. Yeah, it's going to have to come back to the draft. But the thing, and this is where I really want to get into the chiefs free agency. And when it comes to roster cuts, and then we'll talk about this more next week, but the thing here is, Kansas City is in a good position to continue to, you know, be a Super Bowl contender year in and year out with Patrick Mahomes, regardless of anything else that happens. They're going to have to figure things out, especially salary cap wise, but the entire league is going to have to this year with the cap going back down. Mm-hmm. To me, that's going to drive the cost of free agency down. And that really could work into Kansas City's favor. I don't expect that they're going to be able to bring back everybody that they want to, but I think they're going to be able to bring back more players than we expected them to because they were able to do it last year. And I think this year is going to be just about as bad, if not worse, considering there's going to be less money available. You may be right. And that that will lead to what is right now a free agent class that looks pretty thin at left tackle, especially. I mean, the top five guys are all over 30. Uh but there's going to be cuts that maybe we don't see coming because of an effort of teams to get under the cap. So 
that will change drastically and we're going to watch it every step of the way. We will give you the feedback every step of the way as we continue to move forward. Matt's going to join us again this week. We're going to try to take what we can take away and move on as we get into free agency because it's right around the corner and we will be talking draft very, very quickly. So thank you guys for all of your support through this season. Um, guess what? New season started about eight hours ago, so we are off and running. Thank you for all of your time and listening to us today. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.